when you're in a community that is minoritized, there's a lot of space for misconceptions. There are 1,200 plus acres, 40,000 plus students, and millions of untold stories at UC San Diego. This is 1,200 plus acres, the podcast where UC San Diego students share their stories. My name is Nani, and welcome to this episode. Today, we're interviewing Joshua, a UCSC student who shares with us his story about defining, loving, and embracing his intersectional identity. My name is Joshua. I use he, him pronouns. I grew up in Arizona, and now I'm living in San Diego, going to UCSD. I'm a third-year student. I'm studying visual arts media and also psychology. I'm looking to go into the media production field after college. We'll see where that goes. Exciting. I'm trying to learn some <laughs> of that visual media and I have so much more respect for like everything that goes on. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot harder than I thought it was. But okay. that's great to know you're doing something really exciting. Could you tell us a little bit about the story you want to share with us today? So I'm happy to talk about my queer, my trans identity on campus, talking about racial identity on campus. And so I know there's a lot of intersections there. That's super interesting that you come with the concept of identity. I remember when I first started college, it was like, who am I, right? Like all these questions start popping up. And I feel that college definitely plays an important role in like becoming the person that you are today. What is your identity? What different parts or element compose your identity at this moment? That's a that's a big question. I think there's probably endless ways I can describe my identity, but the ones that come to mind are my queer and trans identities, as well as my racial identity. At the moment, I'm using the term mixed race. I'm native Puerto Rican and Jewish on my mom's side and white on my dad's side. And there's already a lot of different intersections there, but those are the ones I point to most when thinking about my identity. You have so many cultural influences. Do you feel like there's one that has more impact on you than others or do you feel like you belong to each of them? I know society sometimes doesn't accept you in either bucket. <laughs> like each doesn't say that you belong to them because you're like a mixture of everything. So I guess, how do you identify with that? Yeah, I think racially has, that's been a difficult navigation because race already is divided into these discrete categories in the U.S. And I think we get a much more nuanced idea of race when we accept that there are going to be people in between the categories and outside the categories that we already have established. So that's been a journey on its own of trying to figure out, do I really connect with my Latinx identity? Do I connect with being in the community of cutie pock or a queer and trans person of color? Or am I too white passing to be in that community? So that's definitely been an ongoing journey. 
I think I feel most whole and at home when I'm in a space that accepts all of those um, intersections, but there are still those spaces that I feel like I have to only be one of my identities at a time or that I have to drop certain identities to belong in another space. Thank you for sharing that. I guess a follow-up question on that would be, what are some of the challenges or struggles that you've encountered trying to take part of all of these different identities that are part of your own? Like, what are some of the struggles of trying to bring all of them with you in every place you go? I think there might be a media aspect to that where oftentimes the people that we see getting the most attention or that are given a platform only have one marginalized identity. Um, and so it doesn't give us that broad idea of what the world actually looks like, that there are people that have multiple marginalized identities or are really in the intersections that aren't given as much attention. I think growing up in Arizona was difficult because I grew up in a really white conservative area and so I wasn't given the same luxury of exploring myself that I'm given in San Diego and at UCSD. I really sometimes take that for granted. I think it's difficult because even within small societies, within small cultures, there's still a hierarchy of oppression, who gets the biggest platform. And so we can see that in the queer and trans community, that white queer and trans people are usually brought to the stage more often, are usually given a bigger voice. And then within the Latinx population, a lot of times the people that are getting famous and getting those big platforms aren't people that are queer and trans and so there's a there's a big community of people that are getting left out of both communities a big community of queer and trans latinx people that feel like they don't fit in in either place and so i've been trying to accept being wholly all of those things at once Joshua mentioned that the media doesn't always reflect different kinds of people. Since Joshua is a media major, we asked him if he has been involved in incorporating a wider spectrum of people in his work. Absolutely. I always try and make my work look like the world as I see it, rather than what the media tries to make the world look like. <laughs> I always try and make sure that the media I create includes a lot of societal sensitivity and a lot of information about the world we live in. So I'm always really careful of making sure I'm not stepping on toes or putting certain people from certain groups into roles that exacerbate their stereotypes or make them look bad because I think a lot of times marginalized people are shoved into those roles where they end up being villains or the bad guy or 
the comedic relief. And so there's a lot of cultural aspects that I always try and keep in mind as I'm making my art because I both want people to be seen as they see themselves and also understand the impact that that might have on people outside the community. So understanding how is this going to look to people that are in the community and also how is this going to look to people that are outside the community. Do you have any examples of any work you've done that exemplifies balancing all these different identities? The most recent group of work that I did was a was a photo series that I did for one of my classes and I was putting I wanted to put queer and trans people in positions that are often seen in editorial photography. So I was using a lot of editorial poses, editorial angles, and editing strategies. And then I would print out the photos, add different mixed media, and then scan them again to play with this idea of queering the art. So when we're talking about queering the art, it's usually adding some aspect that is not there to begin with or is not generally accepted already in that medium or in that field. And so I was adding glitter and confetti and lace to the photos before I scanned them again. But what was difficult is that because of the pandemic, I didn't have as much access to models. And so I had my boyfriend model for me and he is white. And for me, that didn't cause an issue. But when it came time to talk about this artwork, people really centered it around him as the model and around who he was and my relation to him as part of the art. And for me as the artist, that was a non-factor. And so it gave me a better perspective on just how the audience is going to see art regardless of my intention going into it and gave me some some more information as far as how I want to move forward with my art and who I want to be included in my work to get that same effect that I want to see. How was it like to like find a safe place at EZEC? And any advice for anyone who's like trying to find a safe place at this campus? Coming to UCSD was a big culture shock, but in a really good way. I think I didn't realize how many options of who you can be are out there, as opposed to the dichotomy of either being the in-crowd of people that everyone else looks like and acts like, and then being in the out-crowd of people that don't look and act like everyone else. I finally got to see such a wider array of people and their presentation and how they express themselves. And that is partially just by way of 
seeing all the people on campus and getting to interact with new people and also even in art and getting to see all of the different ways that people can make art or incorporate their identities or all the different things that art could really be. So I think it was almost overwhelming at first realizing that I suddenly had the whole world. Something that really grounded me was having uh, a home base in my apartment my first year. I had a bunch of queer and trans roommates that were all really well established in themselves and had a really great sense of who they were and their identities. And so that was a great home base to come back to and feel at home and know that whoever I was going to be that day or however I was dressing that day, I could come back and no one was gonna bat an eye and just be happy that I was exploring myself. And as far as other students coming in, there's two things I would mention. One is that sometimes we have to eventually let go of people pleasing and worrying what other people are going to think of us and UCSD helped me realize that that no matter how I look or how I act there's always going to be someone that is looking or acting stranger <laughs> and that there's also going to be a whole bunch of people that are going to support me in whatever that is and also that UCSD is luckily because of its history of student activism and student community. There are so many resources and communities on campus that make that community possible. This is kind of delving into like more sensitive things, so feel free not to answer if you're not comfortable. <laughs> You mentioned that you grew up in a more homogenous environment. There were like mostly the same kinds of people compared to UCSD. So do you have any anecdotes when you felt particularly out of place? One anecdote comes to mind that is more about my racial identity. So I grew up in a mostly white area and at some point upon bringing up the fact that I was Puerto Rican, someone told me that they thought that Puerto Ricans were mythical unicorns. <laughs> that made me realize that when you're in a community that is minoritized and people don't have exposure to it, there's a lot of space for misconceptions, which for me, luckily in that moment was just uncomfortable, but for other people it can end up being really dangerous and harmful. This would be our last question for you today, sadly. Um, what would you like other students to take away from your story? One thing that I would say is that regardless of how unique you think your position is, if you think there's no one that has the same mixture of identities or has the same combination of experiences, know that 
there are going to be people that share those experiences and are able to help you find a place that you feel much more a much better sense of community in i think for those of us that are really in these intersections of our identities and we don't see all of our identities represented as much as we should it can often feel like the more marginalized or the more we're in those intersections the less our story matters or the less our story has an impact on those around us when in reality having all of those intersections and those experiences combined only makes your story even richer and more informed and you have the ability to connect with even more people through that because all of those things are because all of those identities and experiences are connected within each other. Identity can be perceived as a mosaic of different elements that construct you as a person. Our challenge to you this week is to reflect on your mosaic identity. What tiny pieces make up who you are? How do these pieces interact with each other? We hope Joshua's story allowed you to dig deeper into your own identity the connections, interactions, and shared experiences that make you unique. Before we end this episode, we have two special announcements to make. The first one is that our new release date is changing to Monday mornings, so make sure you check us out every start of the week. And we're also super excited that our TEDx UCSD main conference, Constellate, is finally happening this weekend on May 15 and 16. If you would like to pre-register, head over to tedxucsd.com event. And that's all for today. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to our podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you this weekend in our main event and next Monday with a new episode.